I'm a little obsessive. I admit it, freely and openly. You can't live without these mochas, huh? Matt asked. Guilty as charged? I led the way to the sugar and creamer counter, taking in the rich roasted coffee and cocoa fragrance rising from the white mug in my hands. Only the meager Grand Cafe's mochas. And my daughter is just as obsessed with their cupcakes. He laughed. Then, I'm glad I came here with you. If you like this place, it must be fantastic. He beamed his white smile at me, and my cheeks heated under his unabashed gaze. Here was something new. Something I wasn't used to. A nice guy liking me. A nice guy wanting to impress me. A nice guy doing nice things for me. Time to get used to it. Matt moved in closer to me at the counter and grabbed a few napkins from the dispenser, brushing up against me. That had to be on purpose. With a sip of my latte, I squelched the tickle rising in my throat. Matt was cute and sweet. And every time he saw me at the rehab center where I took Ray, my ex-boyfriend's mother, he would be helpful and attentive like he was being right now. Ray had just been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and could no longer be on her own. My daughter, her granddaughter, and I had needed somewhere to stay, so we were currently living with her, and I'd help take care of her. I tore open a stevia packet, adding a bit of it to my decaf mocha. Matt handed me a stirrer. Oh, thanks. I took in a tiny breath. Who the hell handed you a stirrer when it was right in front of you? Only a thoughtful, kind gentleman, that's who. This was why I had picked up and left Nebraska at a moment's notice, wasn't it? Because I was done with the wondering and the arguing and the wishing things were different. Wishing that my ex, Catch, was different. I'd finally made a clean break with him. The one percenter outlaw who'd cheated on me was never really home anyhow, but we'd managed to have a baby together. Our relationship had once been passionate and fun, but both our insecurities and ambitions had chipped away at it until its luster had worn thin and a mountain range of resentment had torn right through it. Now I was living the daydream I used to have while working at that launderette in Nebraska or pouring drinks for Catch's brothers at the clubhouse, or planning a trip to the nearest Walmart, which wasn't very near at all, feeling as if it were a shopping trip to New York City. Back then, I dreamed of being free from living my life according to the laws and demands of the monstrous global enterprise known as the Flames of Hell MC. I dreamed of not belonging to a tribe whose needs I had to usually put above my own, most importantly, I dreamed of giving my daughter a real sense of family. Here in Meager, I was truly happy for the first time in what felt like forever. I could sit in this great cafe and have coffee with a good guy who clearly liked me and literally not have a care in the world. I had even explained my surrogacy pregnancy for my friend Grace and her husband Locke to Matt last week. His eyes had widened as he'd admitted a long, wow. The knowledge had only boosted his already eager attention. Matt leaned in closer to me. 
I meant what I said earlier. If you want to find out more about becoming a physical or occupational therapist for when you're ready, after the baby's born, I can introduce you to one of my old professors, take you on a tour of the school. You don't have to do that. Of course. You said you were interested. I was interested in a lot of things. If only I could decide. My thumbs rubbed the side of my hot mug. I'd just finished this part-time class in social media marketing, actually. I liked it. I fingered one of my dangling silver feather earrings. I enjoyed my little hobby of making charm bracelets, earrings, and necklaces, and in the very back of my mind, I hoped to sell them online one day. That was my new secret idea. Mrs. Rygert just has a few more sessions at the center, right? He asked.